Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to Living Better in San Diego. I'm Vicki Pepper. Assuming you aren't a veteran or other person who suffers from post-traumatic stress, fireworks can be fun. But those big booms and cracks are terrifying for our furry friends, and more pets go missing on the 4th of July than at any other time of the year. On the line to discuss how to keep our furry family members safe during the 4th of July and all summer long is John Van Zandt, Public Relations Director for the Rancho Coastal Humane Society. Thank you for joining me. Thank you very much. We appreciate the opportunity to spread the word and save some lives. John, start by telling us about Rancho Coastal Humane Society and the services you offer? Well, Rancho Coastal Humane Society was started in 1960, as was our thrift shop in Cardiff-by-the-Sea. We always say that the first Earth Day came along in 1970. We were recycling 10 years before Mm -hmm. recycling was cool. And our first two programs, along with the thrift shop, were pet adoption and humane education. Because you can't really send a pet home with somebody if you're not going to give them the tools that they need successful adoption. So those are still the cornerstones of Rancho Coastal Humane Society, pet adoption and humane education. In 1997, we started the Animal Safe House Program, which now it's expanded, but originally it was to be the safety net for the pets of domestic violence victims. Domestic violence victims know that if they leave, but the shelter they're going to doesn't take animals, chances are the pet is going to become the new victim. Mm -hmm. So by taking the pet in, either temporarily or permanently, that gave them what they needed in order to escape their situation and really change the future for their families. We have the Community Pet Food Bank. We were so proud the first day. We had 15 staff and volunteer and we had three clients, where now we feed about 20,000 pet meals per month. Also, our pet encounter therapy, our pet assisted therapy program at Rancho Coastal Humane Society, which has been kind of laying low these last couple of years during COVID, but we're building back up to that and recruiting more volunteers for that. And there's some other things that we do, saving pets, 
helping veterans, helping active duty military. We have a new program that we launched this last year that helps seniors pay medical bills for their pets, pets that they might have to give up or go without treatment otherwise. As we approach Independence Day, what kind of increases do you see in shelter intake on and immediately following the 4th of July? Well, Rancho Coastal Humane Society, we're an independent humane society. We're not an enforcement agency, but we still have people that will call us. They've lost a pet, which we take the information and try and reunite them if we can. Or people that have say, I've got a dog in my backyard and it's not mine. What do I do? So it does happen every year. And the lucky ones have a microchip or a collar. But unfortunately, there's a lot of people that haven't done that. And you know how mom always told you, don't leave home without ID. Mm. If your pet jumps a fence, gets scared, the first thing they're going to do is run. But Southern California, there's hills everywhere. So if there's boom, 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 everywhere they go, it echoes and they don't feel safe. So they keep running, looking for a safe spot. Or a lot of times with cats, they find a safe spot under a bush, behind a dumpster, where they at least feel like they're safe temporarily. But again, they need ID, a microchip and a collar. And also, just so I don't uh, forget to mention this later, Vicki, this is a good time for you to check First of all, make sure your pet's microchip is registered. We've been told that uh, there are some shelters that they install the microchip, but they don't register it. An unregistered microchip is no good. So a good time to check and make sure your pet is microchipped and the chip is registered and the information on the chip is accurate. If you've moved, if you've changed phone numbers, if it's registered to somebody that no longer lives in your home, make sure it's accurate. It can save lives. And how can someone go about making sure that that chip is registered? Well, when you adopted your pet or took it into the vet to get the microchip installed, when that happened, you got paperwork with it. And it will tell what kind of chip you had. There's a few main companies Or you can go back to the shelter or the rescue or the veterinarian and find out what it is. Look them up online. You should have your account there if your chip is registered. So you can go online and just double check. And then how do microchips work? Are they like GPS tracking devices? Well, I've been reading recently about some that are are more like GPS, uh, like Whistle Tracker, for example, is something that you can attach to your pet's collar that will actually track with us. One of our dogs, I forgot to mention to Barbara one day that I was going to take our dog to work. And all of a sudden, she gets a message on her phone that showed her dog going 70 miles an hour across Highway 56. (laughs) (laughs) And she said, either he's running very fast or John took him to Rancho Coastal (laughs) Humane Society for the day. But that's with a whistle tracker. But as far as the basic microchip, it's about the size of a grain of rice. You know how when mommy dogs and cats pick up their babies to carry them, they grab them by the nape of the neck. God made that skin in there a little extra thick and a little extra tough, so mommies and daddies could carry their puppies and kittens that way. But most pets, when you install the chip in the nape of the neck, they don't even notice it. A chip has to be read with a scanner. Somebody had asked me a while back, well, can't anybody read that and get my information? No, you have to have a scanner. And for example, at Rancho Coastal Humane Society, we have an account. So if somebody comes in and says, I found this dog, I found this cat, first thing we would do is scan it for a microchip. 
If it has a microchip, we go online on our account to find out who it's registered to, get their information, and contact them. But they're very safe. And as I said, I've seen installation of thousands of them. It's very quick, and in most cases, the pets don't even feel it. I understand that there's a joke that goes around animal shelters about July 5th being the busiest day of the year. What steps do the shelters take to prepare for the large intake of animals that go missing during the 4th of July? Well, I'm going to digress just a bit here, because when you call on the 4th of July, and depending on where you live here in Southern California, what good time for you to check right now and see what is the organization that is responsible for animal control. Here in San Diego County, for example, part of the county is still under the Department of Animal Services. Part of the county, the animal services is provided by San Diego Humane Society. So find out, you should already know that, but if you don't, check and find out who is responsible for the area where you live. And if you have a pet that goes missing, or if you find a pet, call them, get in touch with them right away. But remember, it is their busiest day of the year. Somebody called me a couple of years ago and I said, I tried and called and I was on hold. And I go, yeah, because it's their busiest day of the year. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like calling the turkey hotline the day before Thanksgiving. You know, it, it's their busiest day of the year. So know who's responsible for animal control in your area. And if something happens, call and be patient. They will get to you. That's their job. They want to reunite the pet with the owner as much or more than you do. So here we are with a few weeks before the 4th of July. What steps can pet owners take now to keep their pets calm when those fireworks go off? When the fireworks go off, first of all, don't take your pet along. One of my friends said, oh, I always take the dogs along to the fireworks. I go, why? He said, oh, they like it. No, they don't. It terrifies them. It's loud. It booms. There's flashes in the sky and it echoes and there's no escape from it. Leave them home and leave on the radio while you're there. They're used to listening to their favorite radio station, your favorite radio station. So leave on the radio, leave on the television. If you're going to leave the TV on, make sure you're not leaving it on a station that's showing a fireworks display. (laughs) It kind of defeats the purpose. Do not leave your pet in the backyard because even a small dog that is scared enough or a cat that is scared enough can clear a six-foot fence to get out in search of safety. So a couple of things there to keep in mind. Leave them indoors. Leave them in a safe place. Make sure that even though you're leaving them indoors, if they can get out a doggy door or a cat door, they're going to escape because they're looking for something safe. Leave them indoors and secure with your radio or TV on, something that can mask the sound of the fireworks. And if a pet does go missing, what should an owner do? Well, if your pet does go missing, first of all, be patient and don't lose your mind over it. Take some steps. First of all, contact whoever provides animal control for your area whether it's a city agency, a county agency, a humane society, contact them. Right now, Vicki, would be a great time for people to take a picture with their pet. We had somebody last 5th of July that came into Rancho Coastal Humane Society and brought us a dog that had been loose in their neighborhood. We're not a government agency, but we could take the dog and check for the microchip. We found out that it belonged to a gentleman. When we called, there was no answer. He had gone away for the 4th of July weekend. Fortunately, 
one of his neighbors came to us and he said, that's my neighbor's dog. I was watching it for him while he was gone for the weekend. And we said, okay, can you prove that? He pulled out his phone and he had pictures of him and his neighbor and the neighbor's dog just as happy as he could be. <laughs> so that, that picture of you with your pet says a lot. Also, make sure that the license is registered. Make sure that the microchip is up to date. Now, if you do lose your dog, some of the things that you can do are post that photo on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Craigslist. And when you're doing the post on that, I always tell people, give enough information, but don't give too much information. You don't want to give away personal, private information that somebody might use as a scam later, but enough information, this is my dog, this is my cat, this is the area where they were lost, identifying marks, enough information, but not too much. I'm speaking with John Van Zandt, Public Relations Director for Rancho Coastal Humane Society. You're known for your demonstrations explaining why it's never a good idea to leave a pet in a car unattended, even with the air conditioning on and the windows cracked. Tell us about those demonstrations that you do. Goodness, I think I've done it 22 years now. And one thing I can tell you, Vicki, is it's a lot harder on me now than it was 22 years ago. <laughs> what we do is, you know, really, your car, your truck, your van with the windows closed pretty much turns into an oven. And with the demonstrations that I started in 2000, we take a day, kind of an average summer, 80 degrees, Southern California day. And I get into the van with the thermometer. We always hold a news conference and warn people about the dangers first. But then I get into the van or, or the car. I put the thermometer on the dashboard. People always say, why do you put it on the dashboard? Well, how many times haven't you come out of the grocery store? And there's a dog sitting there waiting for mommy and daddy to come out. And mm. where are they? They're sitting up in the front seat looking out. So that's where I put the thermometer. Generally, the temperature inside that vehicle, once I get in, close the door, roll up the window, about 80 degrees, we hit 110 in 90 to 120 seconds. Wow. 110 in a minute and a half. So think about it. You're on your way home and you think, I'm going to go get a, a soft drink and a candy bar. And how long does it take you to do that? People go, oh, it's just a few seconds. No, you go in and you're going to get your soft drink. You're going to get your candy bar. There may be a few people in front of you in line. And before you know it, you've been gone five minutes. And in five minutes, the temperature in your car can be 150 degrees. People always go, well, I just left my dog in while I went to get milk and bread. Well, the grocery stores do really great marketing on that. When you walk into the grocery store, where's the milk? It's in the back of the store. Why is it there? So that you have to walk through the store to get there. Is the bread next to the milk? No, it's on the other side of the store. So by the time you walk in, you go through the store, you walk from one end to the other, maybe you pick up a few extra things, and now you're in the store for 10 minutes. And in 10 minutes, if it's 160 degrees in your car, and you've left your dog, you've left your cat, you've left a baby, a toddler, you've left an elderly person, you left someone who's been sick, maybe somebody who had COVID, somebody who is overweight, somebody who's on medication, they're all more susceptible to the heat. And it's just not worth it. Even if you, I challenge the listeners to try this. Stop at a 7-Eleven to get a Slurpee and a candy bar and time yourself. 
and you will be surprised how much longer it is than you think it is. And not only does the temperature go high, but it happens fast. And I think that's what throws a lot of people is, is they go, oh, it doesn't get that hot. And then uh, every year when I do the demonstration, somebody says, well, I'm okay because I leave the windows cracked an inch. <laughs> uh, last year when we did the demonstration, we left all four windows in the car open three inches, and it made a five-degree difference. So instead of eventually warming up to 165 degrees, it only warmed up to 160. Mm. So it makes a difference, but not that much of a difference. In the event that somebody leaves their car, their pet in their car, and their car running, that's fine as long as the car is running. But if it's that hot, and engines tend to be more susceptible on hot days, you got to go back and check and make sure that it's still running. It's not worth the risk. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And as the weather heats up, what steps do we need to take to keep our pets cool? In San Diego County, I know that you're required to provide food, shelter, and water. So water always, especially on the hot days, make sure that if you have one or two dog water bowls out, put out a couple more. It's not going to hurt them. Shelter. They need to be able to get in from the sun and get into a shady area where it's going to keep their cool and their skin cooler. Even if it's hot out, if it's hot and you're in the sun, it's hotter. So make sure that there is water and shelter for your pets. Ideally, on a really hot day, you just leave them in. If they have a doggy door or a cat door where they can go, go in and out. But They need shelter and they need water. And what do dog owners need to be aware of when taking their dogs on a picnic? We talk about the dangers of fireworks on the 4th of July, but picnics can also be, I don't don't want to alarm anybody by this, but picnics can be uh, dangerous. I went to a picnic a few years ago and there was this dog tied to the bumper of a car about 50 feet away from us, barking, barking, barking. No water tied to the bumper, in the sun, and all of us at the picnic were going, wow, did anybody see who pulled up? And nobody said anything. It's hot. They begged. Finally, one of the guys left the picnic. He went over to his car with his dog tied to the bumper and said, oh, that's my dog in my car. (gasps) You haven't been listening to people for the last two hours? We went over and gave the dog water and uh, tried to put up a canopy around it. Didn't want anything to do with that. But in addition to that, dogs can burn their paws on hot coals. What does the barbecue grill smell like? It smells like good stuff. What does the dog want to do to that? They want to touch their nose on it or they want to lick it. What's going to happen when they lick the bottom of the hot barbecue grill? They're going to burn their tongue. Chicken bones and ribs are also things that when they eat them, a cooked chicken bone or a cooked rib changes the texture of the bone. They can splinter. And when that happens, they can cause internal damage. Kebab skewers, because people will pull out the skewer out of there. Of course, it tastes like meat. It tastes like whatever else you had on the kebab. So a dog will eat that. And again, it can splinter and it can cause internal injury. Walking our dogs is good. Walking them on hot asphalt is not. 
How do we know when the sidewalk is too hot for paws? Yeah, they can burn their paws on the sidewalk. They can burn their paws on asphalt. They can burn their paws in the sand at the beach. One of the things that I try and do is I just stop and get down and put my hand down on the ground. If it's too hot for my hand, it's too hot for my dog's paws. Also, here at the shelter, I have a little laser thermometer. They're cheap. I think they're like 10 bucks at Home Depot. But I can go with that, and I can point it to the ground, and it will tell me what the temperature is on the asphalt. A while back, it was, a, it was like a 75-degree day. The temperature of the asphalt here at the center was 137 degrees. And also, you will notice on those hot days that the new asphalt is hotter than the old asphalt because it's black and it absorbs the heat. You can move two feet away to some old asphalt that's going to turn gray. It's going to be a little bit cooler. You can move two feet over onto the sidewalk, and the sidewalk is still going to be hot, but not as hot as the asphalt. So if you insist on running on these hot days, try the grass. Try a trail. New adventures for you and your pet that are going to be a little bit safer. And also, while we're on that topic, bring water. You don't have to do anything fancy. I always carry one of those little portables that folds down into two by two and uh, and a bottle of water. That way, if your pet gets thirsty, you just stop, you go over, you pull the bowl out of your pack, pour some water in it, and your pet will thank you. And on the hot days, bring extra water, okay? And of course, we are heading into fire season. How should pet owners prepare their pets in the event of an evacuation, which of course, we hope we never have to do? With fire season on the way, I encourage people to put together an evacuation kit. You can go online and buy evacuation kits, or you can build your own. And with this, if you are evacuated, you go to an evacuation center and you bring your pet along. You can't just go walking in with a pet that's not on a leash, a minimum on leash, but you should have a crate for your pet, a crate that is big enough so that your pet can stand up, go in, and turn around. And while you've got your crate, put everything you need for your evacuation kit on the crate. If you get called and you've got 10 minutes to get out, that's not the time to start putting together your evacuation kit. So blankets, food. One of my friends who was evacuated a few years ago, she thought she had done so great. She brought cat food. She didn't bring a can opener. Mm. Uh, Most of them have a little tab now, but keep that in mind. A water bowl, a food bowl. Every time my dog gets vaccinated, I run off an extra copy of his vaccination records, one of them at home, one of them at work, one in my car, and another one in my evacuation kit. Because if you get evacuated someplace with your pet and they need copy of vaccination before you go in, you want to make sure that you have that. Medications are something, particularly coming up to to fire season, but you want to have set aside. Because if you get there, but you have a pet that requires medication and you don't have it, that's going to be a problem. So make sure that you have about a week's worth of supply of medication that you can take with you. And also, as we were talking about earlier, this is a great time for you to take a picture with your pet. 
you get into the data evacuation center and they go, how do we know this is yours? Well, here, look at my phone. Here we are at the beach. Here we are at the dog park. Here we are in the living room. Here we are snuggled in bed together. Mm. Take some pictures because even if you don't have all the right paperwork, those pictures are hard to argue with. And I feel like we hear this so often, but it just doesn't seem to sink in with some people. Why is it so important to spay and neuter our pets? Spay and neuter saves lives. I know I know that may sound, sound kind of like an oxymoron, but people always go, oh, well, I'll wait. I don't want to do that. There's a problem with pet overpopulation. Here in Southern California, we tend to do a little better than, than a lot of the country just because we seem to be more conscious of it. But well, six months ago, we got a call and somebody had found five six-week-old husky puppies in a box on the side of the freeway. And the fact that they were on the side of the freeway was a plus because several years ago, we had somebody that called us and found a box full of puppies in the center of the freeway. If they're in the center of the freeway, that's basically a death sentence because wherever they go, there's cars. Well, these went over to the side of the freeway. Fortunately, somebody thought that box looks like it shouldn't be there. They turned around. They went back five, six-week-old husky puppies. And we don't know the situation. It could have been a victim of domestic violence who knew that if they left the puppies, they were going to become the new victims. It could have been something that whatever was going on in their life, they just didn't know what to do. Or it could have been somebody that had a litter of puppies and they didn't want them and didn't know what to do. You know, you can take those to a shelter. You can contact a rescue. Take them to a church. Take them to a firehouse. Take them, take them to a police station. But don't leave them there. And again, here in Southern California, we're pretty lucky because we, we are rescue-minded. But in so many places, there's just nowhere for them to go. And some of the shelters run out of room. They run out of finances. They run out of time. And for those, it's not a happy ending. But by doing a spay or neuter, when you adopt from a shelter or rescue, your pet is going to be spayed or neutered. In San Diego County, if you adopt from an animal shelter, your pet has to be spayed or neutered before it leaves the shelter. And that's included in the adoption fee. But make sure that you do that so that you don't end up in a situation going, well, what am I going to do with this litter of kittens? You have a choice. And if you're going to uh, accept a pet into your home and your family, you have the responsibility. I've been speaking with John Van Zandt, Public Relations Director for Rancho Coastal Humane Society. Any last thoughts for us? And tell us again where we can go to get more information on any of the topics we've discussed today. Well, we've been talking about not leaving the pets in the car, but heat exhaustion is something. Dogs don't sweat, they pant. And when they can't pant fast enough, or if the air that they're breathing is warmer than their body temperature of 103 degrees, it can cause heat exhaustion. Rapid panting, reddening of their gums, red on the skin inside their ears, upset stomachs. And if that happens, get your pet to a cool place, give them sips, not drinks of water, and try and hose them down with cool but not cold water. Heat stroke is going to be worse than that. Uh, Again, the same thing, sips, not gulps, cool them down, get your pet to the nearest veterinarian, even if it's not your vet, get to the nearest vet, because it's a terrible way to lose a pet when there's something that you could have done to prevent it. So if you need more information, contact your vet. If your pet is afraid of fireworks, go before 
If your pet needs medication, get it from your vet, but don't wait until the 4th of July. Thank you so much for talking with us today, and thank you for keeping our furry friends safe during the 4th of July. Here's to a happy and safe one. Thank you, Vicki. Always a pleasure. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.